Welcome to 30 Minutes on 91.3 KXCI Tucson. I'm Amanda Schager. While headlines are focused on the current federal government partial shutdown over the issue of border wall funding, on Friday, January 18th, four No More Deaths volunteers were found guilty by a federal magistrate for providing what they see as humanitarian aid on the Cabeza Prieta Wildlife Refuge. Here to tell us more about this case and the work that No More Deaths does is Catherine Gaffney, a longtime volunteer for No More Deaths. There is a lot to talk about. Yep. <laughs> and it seems like a lot of it just all came to a head. So the cases that uh, were in federal court this week date back to summer 2017, which was one of the deadliest on record in the southern Arizona desert. There were 32 known migrant deaths on Cabeza Prieta that year, which we know is not everyone who died because so many people die and go missing and are just never found and their families never know what happened to them. The four volunteers who were in court this week were charged with uh, entering Cabeza Prieta without a permit, operating a motor vehicle on wilderness, and abandonment of property. And all the charges stem from volunteers driving out to an area on this trail of death where we know hundreds have lost their lives and placing water in in a very remote valley uh, that's heavily used by migrants. Describe a little bit more the Cabeza Prieta Wildlife Refuge, and in particular, as you say, this valley and why people choose to walk along this valley. The refuge is over 800,000 acres bounded by the border with Mexico to the south and the Barium Goldwater bombing range to the north. So while it is designated wilderness, it is littered literally with ordnance, military detritus, and then uh, artifacts of people who've crossed through. And what we've seen in the last really five years is a clear pattern emerging of migrant deaths and disappearances in the Growler Valley in particular. There's essentially a, a remote valley uh, bounded by mountains on either side, which is used by folks who are crossing up from Mexico. It's about, uh, the valley itself is about 15 miles long, but it's only part of an 80-mile trek that people are making to get past the checkpoints to a place where they can seek refuge. So it's an enormous land area, and there's essentially no water sources on the Cabeza. There's one or two wildlife tanks which have water that's not fit to drink, and there's very little presence or even hint of any kind of help, any signs of civilization where someone would be able to find help if they were in distress. I think this would be a good time to talk about No More Deaths and what No More Deaths does. So our mission is to end death and suffering on the U.S.-Mexico border. We were founded in 2004 by a coalition of faith groups and just concerned people of conscience who saw that a crisis of death was emerging on the borderlands um, south of Tucson and got together to do something about it. So we go out every day and place water on trails and in migrant corridors where we know people are dying. And uh, we also have several other projects. We have a, the Keep Tucson Together Legal Clinic, which provides free legal assistance to undocumented people in Tucson. We work at the shelters in northern Mexico with people who've been deported or are planning to cross to try to help them reunite with families and prevent 
uh, harm before they begin their journey. And we also, through the work, started an abuse documentation project after hearing so many stories of abuses of undocumented people in Border Patrol custody. We actually believe that part of the reason No More Deaths is being targeted right now for prosecution, unlike you know any other group that we're seeing, is because we have been vocal about abuses by the Border Patrol. And the most recent arrests can be dated back to when we published our report, which showed thousands of incidences of Border Patrol agents slashing water gallons that we had put out. Talk more about that report. When did that come out? Sure. So it's actually, uh, it was the second edition in a three-part series called The Disappeared. And it's about the roots of the crisis of migrant deaths and disappearances. So it talks about destruction of humanitarian aid, interference with humanitarian aid. And it also goes into the failure of the emergency response system to treat undocumented people equally. So if you're a hiker out in the Catalinas and you get lost or you sprain your ankle and you call 911, you'll get an immediate response from search and rescue teams. If you're undocumented and the same thing happens to you while you're out in the border zone, you actually get transferred to Border Patrol, who may or may not respond to that call. And what we've documented is that Border Patrol fails to respond systematically to uh, migrants who call for help. And that is absolutely part of the crisis of why people are disappearing. And frankly, it's a discriminatory, racist response, treating people in the same position differently based on if they're an immigrant or not. What do you say about the Borstar, who seemingly their mission is to provide r relief and rescue? Mm -hmm. You know, there are government agencies that are tasked to respond, and certainly Borsar is one of them, county sheriff, civilian search and rescue teams. In my personal experience, when I've called Borsar and tried to get them to act on cases of known people who are missing and, and actually actively seeking help, we've gotten responses ranging from, it's too hot for us to go out today, we don't search in that area, we don't go out unless we know exactly where someone is, which <laughs> if you knew exactly where someone was, you wouldn't really have to search for them. Part of the problem is that Border Patrol is the agency that has essentially carried out the policies that cause this crisis. And there is some contradiction about sending out the same agency that's perpetuating some of the worst cruelties in the desert to go out and find people. But I do think that government has a responsibility to respond to this crisis. And in the absence of seeing, you know, a real response of how we're going to end the deaths, civilian people of conscience are, are called to respond as they can. And, and that's what we're doing out there. So this past Friday, four people were found guilty, but therefore there's nine people involved with similar charges. That's right. There's a total of nine volunteers facing charges right now. So we have five more volunteers who are going to federal court for misdemeanor charges, also related to humanitarian aid work on Cabeza. Those trials are going to begin February 26th and March 4th. And also we have one volunteer, Dr. Scott Warren of Ajo, who's also facing felony charges, and his trial is scheduled to begin at the end of May. And he's also one of the volunteers who's going to court on misdemeanor charges. 
You're listening to 30 Minutes on 91.3 KXCI Tucson. Our guest today is Catherine Gaffney. She's a longtime volunteer for No More Deaths, and we're talking about the work that No More Deaths does, in particular in light of the recent uh, guilty verdict that was handed down. Is there a reason why the cases were split up? Well, Two of the cases relate to different incidences. So the case that just went to trial was one incidence where volunteers went out to the Growler Valley to place water. And my understanding is that the next trial is going to be about volunteers who were actually responding to a search and rescue call. And they're facing the same charges for trying to go out and find someone in distress. So different day, but all same response to the same crisis. Describe the strategy of going to court and maybe not just taking the ticket. Sure. Well, one thing to clarify is these were federal misdemeanor charges, and we actually are the only people that the federal government has taken to court over violations on Cabeza Prieta since 2015. That was something that came out in trial. There's a former assistant U.S. attorney who reviewed dozens of violations on Cabeza Prieta, similar to, you know, violations of the permit, similar to what our volunteers faced, and only no more deaths was referred for prosecution. So I think it's worth noting that, you know, these actually aren't tickets or citations. They're the federal government putting resources into bringing volunteers to court <laughs> and prosecuting them. So there's absolutely a pattern of, of selective government enforcement. And I think that's something that came out really clearly this week in court. And the other thing that's important to understand is that Cabeza Prieta changed their permit in 2017 to basically explicitly disallow humanitarian aid activities on the refuge. So this is part of government not responding to the crisis of deaths, but instead trying to single out the people who are trying to respond. So they added language. Anyone who now gets a permit at Cabeza Prieta has to sign a clause that says, I will not put out water gallons, food, or blankets, which is what No More Deaths provides on the trails to stop death. So one of the charges our volunteers are facing is going out without a permit. But what we're saying is we are going to go out and put water and food on trails. People are dying of thirst. And this is an appropriate response to people becoming dehydrated, walking through the desert in 110 degree heat. So we can't sign those permits in good faith. And we're not going to lie or be deceitful about that. That was another thing that came out in in court this week that, you know, the decision to change the permit was after No More Deaths began talking about the crisis of deaths on Cabeza. Um, And it really reflects a failure of government to keep track of deaths, see it as within their responsibility to address deaths and disappearances. We had the land managers say that, frankly, they thought it was not within their job responsibility to know that people are dying on the land they manage. No more deaths volunteers have faced charges in the past. Can you talk about that? Sure. There have been two major cases involving no more deaths volunteers. Folks might remember shortly after the group was started in 2005 and 2006, 
Daniel Strauss and Shanti Sales were prosecuted on smuggling and harboring charges related to driving migrants in distress towards Tucson so they could get to a hospital. And those charges wound their way through the court and were eventually dismissed. And in 2008, Walt Staten, another No More Deaths volunteer, faced very similar charges to this um, misdemeanor charges for placing water on a different refuge, which at the time was a center of where many migrants were dying. And those charges were also eventually dismissed by the Ninth Circuit. What happens when there is a legal challenge? What how, what kind of effect does that have on the work that No More Deaths does? In many ways, you know, I think government repression is designed to have a chilling effect. And I think we see this really around the country with undocumented leaders being targeted for deportation because they speak out. And, you know, I think it really does the opposite. I think it's a galvanizing force. If we just spent a week in court outlining this trail of death and outlining that the government is not responding to it, I honestly think the question of what do we do now that the government has said, you know, this judge has has issued a ruling that it's illegal to put out water in an area where people are dying of thirst. That's a question for people everywhere to think about. It's not only for no more deaths to figure out how do we respond. That's anyone who's a person of conscience who believes that it's not right for people to die in the desert as they try to come here and reunite with their families or or find safety. If no one else is going to respond and the government's going to say, you can't give those people water, I mean, that's a problem for anyone with a conscience. You're listening to 30 Minutes on 91.3 KXCI Tucson, and our guest today is Catherine Gaffney. She's a longtime volunteer for No More Deaths. Uh, We've been talking about the fact that four No More Deaths volunteers were found guilty for what they say is providing humanitarian aid on the Cabeza Prieto Wildlife Refuge. So we were talking about who is really affected by these trials. Our volunteers are facing up to six months jail time for putting out water on Cabeza and and fines. But what really happens when government criminalizes humanitarian aid and and frankly, simple acts of, of human kindness are people who are crossing through the desert. We are responding to a trend uh, where we've seen the West Desert area outside Ajo really become one of the deadliest parts of the border. And we've seen that government is not doing anything substantial to address those deaths. So when there's a chilling effect on humanitarian aid and when it becomes illegal to put out water, we know that we're going to see more deaths. And not only that, but there's going to be fewer people on the refuge. And frankly, there's going to be many more disappearances. In 2017, the volunteers who were out there putting out humanitarian aid recovered the remains of literally dozens of people who died, who never would have been found if our volunteers hadn't been out there. So we may see, it may look as if deaths are going down if no more deaths volunteers are barred from the area. But what's really happening is that they're going unreported. And that's almost more sinister because it feels like trying to bury this crisis. One of the things that government points to and the prosecutors brought up a lot this week in trial were the existence of Border Patrol rescue beacons on the refuge, 
I believe there's 10 on the 800,000 acre area, which is, I guess you could do the math, one for every 80,000 acres. Uh, you know, I guess you're lucky to stumble upon one. The thing about the Border Patrol rescue beacons is there's no water at them. So there are these towers that you can see from five to 10 miles away. They have a light that blinks at night. And someone who's in distress could credibly walk for several hours, depending on what kind of shape they're in, to get to a beacon where they might think there's water or there might be a person waiting for them. And what it is is a tower with a button. Not only that, we have seen from DHS's own statistics that often Border Patrol doesn't respond when they're activated. And that's really concerning. In 2015, in the Yuma sector, there were 20 rescue beacons out there. They're activated 1,161 times, and they resulted in two rescues. So what's happening with these rescue beacons? We're not saying that we put out water and we want the rescue beacons taken down. But I personally don't understand why government is saying we don't need water out there because we have these beacons. Because if they worked, we wouldn't be seeing this pattern of deaths. And some of the comments that were publicized by the federal magistrate, it seemed to imply that he thought that the young volunteers were misguided (laughs) or uninformed about their consequences. Well, to some extent, it is genuinely hard to believe that government will prioritize prosecuting people for putting out water in a place where people are dying of thirst while, you know, the Border Patrol agents that have destroyed our gallons, the individual ones we know, as well as the hundreds that, you know, we haven't identified, they're not being prosecuted. You know, they're walking, they're walking free. Lonnie Schwartz, the Border Patrol agent who killed 16-year-old Jose Antonio Elena Rodriguez, he's walking free. So I think our volunteers understand that this hasn't been a government priority and maybe there's some risk in responding. But frankly, I don't think anyone really thought that going out there and putting water would bring them to court a year later. What does No More Deaths do now? So in addition to our daily humanitarian aid work, now we're in the position of organizing in response to these trials and trying to show that across Tucson and really across southern Arizona, there's a shared value that humanitarian aid is never a crime and that everyone deserves food, water, and medical aid, regardless of their immigration or documentation status. So we're calling on people across southern Arizona, certainly in Tucson, to come out and canvas with us. We've been going out several times a week with our yard signs that say humanitarian aid is never a crime. And just asking folks to put one up in their yard and show that they share that value, it's really helpful. And in a way, you get to start conversations with your neighbors about these cases and and what's happening on the border. So there's a sign up on our website, www.nomoredeaths.org. You can check our Facebook, which is facebook.com slash nomoredeaths. You can get us on Twitter at No More Deaths or Instagram if you prefer that. I believe Instagram's No More Deaths underscore No Mas Muertes. So we really welcome that. That is a great way to show support and raise awareness of what's happening on the border. We also have volunteer trainings every month on the last Saturday of every month, and there's signups on our website for that. Those are the ways to get involved. Can you talk about your alternative spring break programs? Sure. Every spring 
for, I think, about a decade now, we've welcomed not only students, but people from all around the country to come out and join us in volunteering. It's a time when we'll have as many as 30 or 40 different volunteers out in the desert in a given week. So we're able to put out a lot of water and often go into areas where we see patterns emerging and, and get to know them because we've got the people to go out and hike. So we'll have up to 100 or so people come every March and volunteer with us from around the country. Catherine Gaffney, how did you get started in volunteering for No More Deaths? How did you hear about it? I first heard about it from a friend who'd volunteered. And I'm originally a New Yorker, grew up, you know, knowing that I was in a city really built to areas that valued, you know, the diversity that that comes with being a, a first step for so many people coming to this country. But I'd never been down to the border. And so I came out for just a week in 2009. And honestly, I was blown away. I felt that I didn't realize the length of the crossing and how incredibly challenging it is to make it through 40 to 80 miles of desert on foot with just a backpack and a gallon or two of water. I was really struck. And I I really thought, this isn't being talked about in the national media in this way. People aren't saying the odds of how difficult this crossing is. And in a way, I felt really naive because I was living in a city of immigrants and I'd never really thought about what it took to get here. So I just felt really called to the work. I came back in 2010 for several weeks and then I moved here in 2011 so that I could volunteer with No More Dust full time. And that's still what I do. (laughs) Catherine Gaffney, does it seem like this particular administration and its policies has an effect on No More Deaths It's worth understanding that the policies and and the immigration laws that have led to the crisis of deaths and disappearances on the border were were put in place long ago. And I first came as a volunteer under Obama, and President Obama built a lot of the infrastructure that's now being used as Trump's deportation machine. So I don't think that It's a change in kind, but I do think we've seen an escalation, certainly in Tucson and and really across the country, where the Trump administration is very interested in targeting activists and human rights defenders and people who are standing up for their communities and standing up in solidarity. So in some ways, it's really more of a crackdown and an escalation, but the policies have been in place since you know, the mid-90s and NAFTA, which was when people really first started having to trek through the desert on foot because it was no longer possible to enter through the, the, the urban areas and the ports of entry. Any final thoughts? Well, we will be back in court February 26th. We really welcome anyone who wants to take action to come sign up to Canvas with us. It's really helpful. We just basically are asking people to hold people who are dying and disappearing in the desert in their thoughts and think about what they would do in this situation, knowing that someone's dying of thirst. Would you go out and put out water and give water to someone, even if now government's saying you can't do that? And as far as other things coming up, just stay tuned. We are going to respond as a community. We are a group that's rooted in a community of people of conscience. So check our Facebook for upcoming events. Go to our website, nomoredust.org, for upcoming volunteer trainings. And come out and, and knock on some doors with us. 
Thank you for listening to 30 Minutes on 91.3 KXCI Tucson. Our guest today was Catherine Gaffney, a longtime volunteer for No More Deaths. You can find this and all recent episodes of 30 Minutes on the 30 Minutes program page at kxci.org.